You're listening to The Jeff Caven Show, episode 93, Why the Word Doesn't Work in Your Life. Hey, I'm Jeff Cavins. How do you simplify your life? How do you study the Bible? All the way from motorcycle trips to raising kids, we're going to talk about the faith and life in general. It's The Jeff Caven Show. Hey, welcome to the show today. Uh, we're talking about all things that are related to being a disciple of the Lord and growing in holiness and uh, trying to get ourselves to heaven, right? And so today we're going to be talking about a topic that actually came up um, as a result of two, two different points of input. One is I had a letter from a man from Denver by the name of Steve who writes, how come when I read the Bible... I don't seem to see the fruit or the results of what I am reading. That was the gist of what he wrote, and and uh, I took note of that, which I take note of all of the emails that I'm getting from from you. And uh, in fact, I'm I'm going back, you know, a ways and and looking at some of the the emails that I'm getting, and I'm bringing them up to the the present. But he writes about how come the word of God isn't uh, yielding the fruit in my life that I expect it to, and I, I I saw that the other day. And here's the beautiful thing about about the way that the Lord works is that this morning. When my wife and I were doing Lexio Divina, we pray every morning together. We spend about an hour together and we pray scripture and, and we do Lexio Divina. And the reading for today was in Matthew, but I don't know why, but I accidentally turned to Mark chapter four. And it was the the parable of the sower and the explanation of the parable, which absolutely fit so well with Steve's email. And so I thought, hey, Let's do the show this week about that because uh, it really ministered to me as well. And this is an example of how you can do, you know, prayer every morning, Lexio Divina, and make a mistake. But in God's providence, He spoke and He did something really beautiful. And I want to share that with you this week. Hey, we've got a lot of emails that have been coming in from all over the world. We've got Texas, uh, we've got uh, Great Britain, we've got Singapore, um, we've got uh, Australia, all kinds of different letters that I've been getting. Kendall writes, and he says, uh, I listened to your podcast in the morning, getting ready for work. What a great way to start my day. Thank you for all that you're doing to advance Bible study in the Catholic Church. Kendall, by the way, uh, is a woman. I just said he, but it's she. I love my new great adventure Bible. It makes it easy to follow the story of salvation history, and it's the perfect companion for the great adventure Bible study. Blessings to you. And Emily, regards, Kendall, P.S., my husband and I had the privilege of going on your Holy Land trip this past January, and I do remember that. She says it was a life-changing experience. We were on the gold Texas bus. Every trip we take to Israel, we have different buses, and we give them a, a color, and they end up having a contest at the end to see who is, in fact, the best bus. It's a lot of fun. Another one from uh, Stefan. Uh, Hi, Jeff. Great episode, and confirms what the Lord was putting on my heart. We were talking on in that episode about getting out of your comfort zone, show number 89. And... Uh, the letter says, I've had times where I stepped out, of course, for instance, when my three daughters were born, 
And raising three daughters requires me to step out often, but I always try to step back in. Well, this week I registered to become a Knight of Columbus. Let's see what the adventure the Lord has for me now. Hey, I got to tell you, Stefan, you and I are on the same track here because as I speak, tomorrow morning, I'm taking my third degree for the Knights of Columbus. I'm going to become a knight. I'm doing all three degrees in one day. And I've had people ask, well, why do you want to be a Knight of Columbus? And the answer is because I want to be a part of a men's movement in the church that is really geared towards serving. And there's a fraternal love, you know, for one another. And I'm excited about it. So, uh, Going to have to get used to that uh, that blue vest. Got another letter. Uh, hi, Jeff. This is from Sean. Sean says, just to say thank you for the great podcast. I have the Bible Timeline Bible, and it's excellent. I'm reading it now in conjunction with the Bible Timeline study. I went through a bad patch and nearly left Christianity altogether, but somehow stayed with it. It had nothing to do with the state of the church, but more to do with the new atheism. Again, thank you for your faithfulness to church teaching and your knowledge and enthusiasm for the Bible. You know, that's an interesting point, Sean, is that is that there is a new atheism and it is affecting people, and perhaps we'll, we'll, we will do a show on that in, in the future. Well, Steve wrote in from Denver and said, why isn't the Word of God yielding fruit in my life when I read it? And this morning, I... I was doing Lexio Divina, morning prayer, picked up Mark 4, should have been in Matthew. And, um, you know, in God's providence, he spoke to me as well, uh, Steve. So I want to share that with you uh, today. You know, one of the big questions we have, of course, is as we read the Bible, we hear a lot of promises and we hear a lot of wonderful, wonderful graces that are available to us. But oftentimes when we look at our life after reading the Bible or hearing the readings at Mass on Sunday or daily Mass, we have to ask ourselves the question, why don't these things happen in my life, you know? Uh, why don't the miracles of old happen? take place in my life? How come I don't experience what these characters in the Bible so often experienced? Well, two things. One is that I think sometimes we think that every single day these characters in the Bible experienced unbelievable miracles, and that's just not true. You know, as you look at the life of Abraham in Genesis, you'll see that uh, he lived a long life, and there's a number of, in, you know, incredible encounters that he had with God, but there's also a lot of regular days that aren't recorded in the Bible. And so to compare yourself with the, the figures of the Bible, you have to also take into consideration the everyday obligations that they had, changing diapers, getting food, cleaning out the house, you know, uh, going on vacation, all of these things. But but the second thing is, is that the, one of the reasons, you know, that I want to talk about this mainly, one of the reasons that that uh, the Word of God does not take hold in our life, and we don't see the results of the Word of God in our life, which I, I thoroughly believe we, we can and we should. Uh, one of the reasons is, is that uh, the soil that the Word of God lands in, the soil of our own heart, um, that, that has an awful lot to do with whether the Word of God, which is a, considered a seed in Mark chapter 4, is uh, finding a place where it can germinate and grow and, and bear fruit. Just because God says something in his word doesn't mean that it's going to manifest in your life. You have a part to play in it. 
in receiving the word, and the disposition of your heart has an awful lot to do as to whether that word is going to be fruitful or not. So let me take you through the parable of the sower, and and I think this is going to be a good one, particularly for Advent, uh, because we're talking in Advent about the preparation of uh, you know meeting the Lord. The Lord is re- the Lord is coming, and we need to prepare our hearts to receive Him, who is the Word made flesh. So let's let's go through this. We'll take a little bit of time to do it, but I think it's going to be fruitful this time of year. And uh, once again, uh, if I come up with any particular verses, I'll put them in the show notes. You don't need to worry about pulling over on the way to work or on the way home. All right, Matthew 4. Again, he began to teach beside the sea. That's the Sea of Galilee. And a very large crowd gathered about him so that he got into a boat and sat in it on the sea. And the whole crowd was beside the sea on the land, and he taught them many things in parables. In his teaching, he said to them, listen. Hey, by the way, I just, not a plug, but I'm reading out of the New Great Adventure Bible. I love this because the words of Jesus are in red, and it really stands out. Anyway, so uh, listen, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed fell along the path. And the birds came and devoured it. Other seed fell on rocky ground where it had not much soil, and immediately it sprang up since it had no depth of soil, and when the sun rose, it was scorched. And since it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no grain. And other seeds fell into good soil and brought forth grain, growing up and increasing and yielding thirtyfold and sixtyfold and a hundredfold. And he said, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Okay, so we've got, we've got a, uh, a narrative here where, where the Lord is talking about the word of God is the, is the seed that's planted, and it's planted uh, along a number of natural things like the path and rocky ground, and, and, uh, and, and it's also talking about uh, where, where it's sown among seed with thorns, and uh, you know the thorns grow up and choke it and so forth. So it's giving us a natural explanation as to why seed— that is sown doesn't grow, and I think we all know that. If you start, th- you know, uh, planting seeds among rocks and thorns and in poor soil, you're just not going to get a good plant. You're not going to get a harvest. You're not going to you're not going to be fruitful. So then, in verse ten of uh, Mark chapter four, ten through twenty. Uh, Jesus gives an explanation of the parable, and what he's going to do now is he's going to go from the natural reason that seed doesn't take hold and yield fruit, to the spiritual, to really the root cause of why the Word of God doesn't take root in your life. And I know you, if you're listening to the show, that you're interested in this. I know you want the Word of God to you know, yield fruit in your life. I know that you want to be fruitful. Uh, you wouldn't be listening to a Catholic show like this if you were not interested. There's a lot of other things to do. So what I'm about to say, I think, is so important, not only to you, but it's important to me as well. And that's something important you know, to remember is that when I talk on this show, I'm talking to myself. You know, I want to learn from this. I want to grow from wisdom coming from the Word of God, and I know you do too. So let's look at the explanation here, shall we? We'll look at the explanation of the parable. Verse 10, And when he was alone, 
Those who were about him with the twelve asked him concerning the parables, and he said to them, To you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God, but for those outside everything is in parables, so that they may indeed see but not perceive, and may indeed hear but not understand, lest they should turn again and be forgiven. And he said to them, Do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? And then he goes into verse 14 of Mark chapter 4, and he says, The sower sows the word. The sower sows the word. Now that is important to know, is that the sower is sowing something into our lives, and the sower is Christ. He's sowing the word into our lives, and uh, and that word is very powerful. It's quick. It's powerful, sharper than a two-edged sword, and it will accomplish that which God wants it to accomplish. But there's a cooperation on our part. So the sower sows the word, and these are the ones along the path where the word is sown. Remember, we, we talked about this in Mark 4, 1 through 9, about the natural results of sowing the seed in tough places, right? And so now we're going to get into the spiritual aspect of it. The sower sows the word, and these are the ones along the path where the word is sown. When they hear Satan immediately, when they hear Satan immediately, immediately, now that's powerful, isn't it? When they hear the word of God, Satan, now for those that don't believe that there really is a devil, well, you're going to have to talk to the Lord about this because he seems to. Satan immediately comes and takes away the word which is sown in them. And these in like manner are the ones sown upon rocky ground who when they hear the word immediately receive it with joy and they have no root in themselves but endure for a while. Then when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word immediately they fall away. That's, that's verse 17. You know, I, the word of God is what, is what really is the issue here. You know, we'll move on here, but just let me pause for a second. The word of God is what the real issue is here, is that God is giving you the word in Sunday readings, Lexio Divina, reading scripture, Bible studies, daily mass, uh, audio tapes in the car. God is giving you his word, and faith comes by hearing and, and hearing by the word of God. The enemy does not like the word of God in your heart, and he will come as quick as he can to try to take it away. He'll try to take it away. You know, I remember in, in high school, I had uh, an advantage and a disadvantage in football. The advantage was I was one of the fastest kids in the state. I was a sprinter. I ran a 9-9 in the 100 in high school. But the disadvantage was I was very small, and I couldn't knock anybody over. And as I was uh, you know, trying to try out for the football team, I was trying out as a halfback, a running back, and quarterback would give me the ball. And wouldn't you know it, the minute I got the ball, all the other guys on the other team were focused on me and trying to get me and to tackle me, and it felt like they wanted to destroy me. I got tired of it. How come every time I get the ball, everybody wants to destroy me? Everybody wants to come at me. 
I wanted to go to the coach and say, coach, I don't want to be the running back anymore. He said, you know, every time I get the ball, it doesn't end well. And the coach would have said, well, Jeff, what do you expect? You're the one with the ball. You're the one they're focused on because you have the ball. Well, it's the same thing with walking with Christ in the spiritual life. If you've got the word of God, the enemy doesn't like it. If you don't have the word of God, leave you alone. Who cares? You're not going to be fruitful. But if you got the word of God, we're going to try to get that word away, says the enemy. You might want to read sometime C.S. Lewis's great book called The Screwtape Letters, where he gives sort of an inside look at the enemy's strategy towards us and how he thinks. It's, it's ingenious. It's a great playbook for the enemy, you know, as far as understanding the enemy. Now, I want to move on here. I'm going to take a break. When I come back, I want to pick up with verse 18 and finish out the explanation of the parable about how, how we lose the word of God in our life. And I'm going to share with you something that really hit me this morning in Lexio Divina. You're listening to The Jeff Caven Show. Reading the Bible is something we as Catholics know we should do, but let's be honest, it can be kind of complicated. Even though it's a complete story, the Bible isn't really one book. It's more like a library with dozens of books and dozens of genres. There's poetry, prophecy, and prose. There are apocalypses and revelations, historical accounts and allegories. No wonder it's difficult to keep a finger on the story of God's love and plan of salvation for his people thread that keeps all of it together. If you're wishing there was a simple guide to help you tie all of this together, then you're just like Jeff Cavins and Tim Gray. That's why they wrote the book, Walking with God. Walking with God is a single book that traces the story that ties the Bible together. It helps you to understand the big picture of the Bible. If you're looking to read more of the Bible, Walking with God will help you do it with confidence, peace, and clarity. You can find out more and order Walking with God on ascensionpress.com or on Amazon. Welcome back. We're talking about the sower, sowing the word in our hearts, and particularly do, during Advent, which is is when this particular broadcast is going out. I mean, you can use this any time of the year, but Advent is a preparation for the living word of God, the word made flesh. And it's a good idea to, it's a good thing to know that the enemy you know, has ways of getting us to give up the word of God so it won't plant and germinate and create tremendous fruit in our lives. And we're picking up with verse 18 of the uh, explanation of the parable in Mark chapter 4. Jesus goes on and he says, And others are the ones sown among thorns. They are those who hear the word. But the cares of the world and the delights in riches and the desire for other things enter in and choke the word and it proves unfaithful. When I was in prayer this morning and uh, exercising that wonderful gift of Lexio Divina, I was struck by this verse. I was struck by verse 19 in such a powerful way. Some, you know, when you when you do Lexio Divina, you read once through a particular text. And I read through the gospel every day. You know, I want to stay with the church and stay with Christ. And, and I read through the gospel. And then usually a one word, one phrase, one sentence kind of 
comes alive, and that's the one that the Lord usually wants to speak to me about. And then I go into meditatio, uh, meditation. I put myself in that story. And then oratio, I begin to pray and ask God, why are you talking to me about this, you know? And then you go into contemplatio, which is the contemplation. It's just enjoying the fruit of, of all the, the labor of prayer and talking, talking to the Lord. And it was this morning that this, by accident, not really, but it was my accident, but God's providence, I ended up here where I was suddenly face-to-face, Steve, in Denver, with why the Word of God might not work in my life. Verse 18 again, and others are the, are the ones sown among thorns. They are those who hear the word. I've heard the word. You've heard the word. We've all heard the word every Sunday. By the way, isn't it interesting? Oh my gosh. Isn't it interesting how you can go to Mass on Sunday and you can hear all three readings on Sunday and five seconds after the last reading, if you were quizzed, you'd have to say, I don't have a clue what they just said. Why? You got your mind. You got your mind on the cares of the world. You got your mind on your checkbook. You got your mind on taxes coming up. You got your mind on the cares of the doctor's appointment that you're waiting for. You have cares and worries that just choked the word in the Sunday liturgy. Now, if you think I'm being really hard on you, I'm talking to myself. It's happened to me many times. And I think, Jeff, why aren't you paying attention? You're so focused on your problems and things, and you won't let the word of God go into your heart and speak to you in a powerful way. But it was this morning, my friend, that verse 19 really came alive to me when it says, but the cares of the world and the delight in riches. And this is the line right here. Ready? Drum roll. Ready? And the desire for other things. Now that was the line, the desire for other things, enter in and choke the word and it proves unfruitful. Now the reason that hit me so big this morning was that that phrase and the desire for other things is quite open-ended and broad. Now what might those be? What are the other things that are choking the word. We know that the cares of the world and the, de- and the delight in riches, they're going to choke the word from you. You're not even going to hear it in the mass because you've got so much on your mind. But what are the other things? What are the other things that keep you from letting the word of God enrich you and, and cause you to be fruitful? While I was in Lexio Divina this morning and praying, one of, the, one of the exercises is meditation where you put yourself in the story. And I imagine myself going through the, the Mall of America, the largest mall in the country here in the Twin Cities. It's our, it's our second uh, cathedral. Kidding. Don't write the bishop. We go through the Mall of America, and I, am, and I imagine myself thinking, oh, look at that. Oh, look at that. And the other things might be the, the toys we're interested in. They might be the interests that are not related to the gospel. They, they might be hobbies that have just run away with us, and it's, we're spending all of our time on these hobbies and things. But, but I would ask you today, what, 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 is, what does this mean to you and the desire for other things? What are the other things that are choking the Word of God in your life. 
What are you so focused on that the word of God is just stolen from your heart? You hear it on Sunday, but it doesn't take, doesn't take root because of the other things. The other things. And so the challenge to you, Steve, in Denver, and the challenge to all of us, you know, that are participating in this, in this, in this show together as brothers and sisters, we got to answer that question. What are the other things? And to find that out, what I would encourage you to do, as I'm doing, is to spend more time in prayer and to ask Lord, ask the Lord, Lord, what, what are the other things in my life that are choking your word? Because, Lord, I spent the time reading your word, but the other things choked it out. I, I, I went all the way to Mass. I got my family up, and we, we got showered. We had breakfast early. We drove to Mass. We even got there 10 minutes early. But then when the readings came, and these other things choked the Word. Lord, I don't want that to happen. Please reveal that to me. Reveal to me what's choking the Word in my life, because I, I want to deal with that so that your Word will be fruitful in my life. Now, I encourage you to really pray about that, as I am, because this is the time of Advent. This is the time of preparing, reorienting our whole life to the Lord so that we can receive him in all of his fullness. We've got to tend and deal with those other things. And that's the word I have for you this week, is we got we got to tend to and we got to deal with the other things that enter in and choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. Can you think of anything that's quite as bad as that? The very word of God, the inspired word of God being unfruitful because of the other things. What are you dealing with? Is it money? Is it health? Is it career? Is it worry? Is it anxiety? Is it envy? Is it pornography? What, what is it? What are the other things that are choking the word? The good news is this, though, verse 20, but those that were sown upon the good soil are the ones who hear the word and accept it and bear fruit 30-fold and 60-fold and 100-fold. I love it. I want to be part of verse 20. Let's make that our prayer this week, shall we, my friend? Let's, let's, we'll be verse 20 people. Mark 4 and verse 20. I'm going for 100-fold. But if I'm going to go for a hundredfold, well, I got to deal with the other things. Let's pray. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, Lord, we thank you today for giving us your word. Indeed, you are the, the word made flesh. I pray, Lord, that you would help us to understand the, the soil of our heart and how we receive you. Lord, we truly do want to yield a powerful, fruitful harvest with your, your word in our lives. But Lord, we have the other things. Please help us, Lord, to identify the other things and to help us, help us to overcome these things and focus on you and your word and to, to give your word that good soil that receives your word and acts on it. Oh, Lord, we ask you to do this, especially this, this time of Advent, this time of, of preparation. We pray this in Jesus' name. 
Amen. Name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. My friend, I hope you're having a great Advent. Remember, if you have a question for me or you have uh, any kind of response, let me know. You can email me at the Jeff Caven Show at ascensionpress.com. And also, if you're interested in next year's pilgrimages to the Holy Land in January of 2020, go to my website, jeffcavens.com. And in uh, June of 2020, wow, we've got an incredible trip coming up. We've got, uh, we've got Father Mike Schmitz joining me in June of 2020. We're going to have the largest gathering of young adults in Israel I want to say in history, but I don't know, but for a long time, we've never seen this many young adults come together. We've got Ali Aliyah, Taylor Tripodi. We've got um, Brother Isaiah going to be singing. We've got three amazing singers, and we're going to have the trip of a lifetime, live live, uh, concerts in Galilee and Jerusalem and Bethlehem and uh, over 30 teachings along the way. And all of that's going to be posted on my website, jeffgamins.com, very shortly. And uh, you got to get your place for that because I know it's going to sell out quick. God bless you. You have a great day. And remember, tend to the other things. <laughs>